You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. We're going to get started with our grateful moment. Phil, what are you grateful for this week? I am grateful to see another week, spend time with my family, and get to talk to one a rising star. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Very nice, Evan. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful that um, NBA basketball is almost back, baby. You know, so I'm happy um, to see NBA start um, next week. Preseason starts. Well, preseason preseason's already started. Ah, it's good to be back. <laughs> Kelvin, what are you grateful for? What's up, everybody? I am grateful for the Philadelphia Eagles starting Jalen Hurts this week. I am so grateful. I don't have to deal with the agony of Carson Wentz throwing 500 interceptions this week. So I'm looking forward to 425 when my man Jalen Hurts takes that shotgun, baby. Let's do it. Shout out to Jalen. Mackenzie, what are you grateful for? Um, I'm grateful for my team and my family's health and the fact that we get to be here playing basketball. Awesome. Awesome. And I am grateful for basketball season as well. I feel like we have been anticipating and waiting and waiting. Um, And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited uh, to see Kevin Durant's jersey in action this season since he's like the best basketball player. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. <laughs> Let's go ahead um, and introduce our guests and jump into our show. Today we have, and we're super excited to have Mackenzie Williams here with us. Um, she attends Seattle University. And she is a red shirt junior. She plays basketball there. And so we are very, very excited to hear her story, kind of her background, her passions, you name it. Um, so Mackenzie, thank you so much for being here with us today. Of course. Can you just introduce yourself and provide our listeners with some background information about you? Where are you from, et cetera? So... As she said, um, I'm Mackenzie Williams. I'm Richard Jr. here at Seattle University. Um, I've been here, this is my fourth year, but I um, turned my ACL my sophomore year and at the end of my junior year. So I'm fortunate to have an extra year. And then with COVID and everything, I have another year. So I have two more years going. I feel really blessed to be here, to have this opportunity to share my story with everybody. Um, I'm from Auburn, Washington, so I'm not very far from home. Really happy about that. I can see my family all the time and that's not, uh, you know, the case for everybody here. A lot of people are pretty far from home. So I feel really lucky, especially around this time of the year with Christmas coming up and all the holidays. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> and Kenzie, and we like to call her Kizzy. Um, thank you for coming on the show. And I want to go back to, I know it's a hard time to think about, but 
this incident actually made you dedicate your season in high school um, mm -hmm. to the man you love so much. And I was fortunate to meet him and um, and one of my dear friends, your uncles, my, my dear friends here. Can you tell us that about that story to share? Because I know many people have uh, gone through an incident and like I lost my father at 10. Yeah. But we use use inspirations and situations to galvanize us and move forward. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to take it a little further back to give some more context for what really made me dedicate myself to basketball overall, everything. So a little bit before my dad passed my junior year, my sophomore year, my house burned down. So we lost a bunch of material things. Um, Thankfully, no one was hurt, but, you know, we lost all of our family videos, family pictures, all of, you know, our possessions in general. Um, so I missed a lot of school during that time. Um, that was my sophomore year. Um, and then fast forward to my junior year at the start of the year, right? about two weeks before basketball season began, my dad passed away and that was one of the hardest times I've ever been through. Um, also missed a lot of school, um, traveling to go to his funerals and all of that. Um, yeah, it was really tough. And I didn't, I didn't know what I really wanted to do at the time. It was all like a blur and it was just difficult. But it, when I got back to school, I got back to school like a day or two before basketball tryouts. And as soon as I stepped on the court, I was like, this is just what I'm meant to be doing. I'm, this is when I'm my most calm. I'm poised. Nothing else matters except for um, being on the court. When I realized that um, after missing um, so much school, I put myself in a difficult situation from sophomore year to junior year missing so much school. So my grades had dropped. Um, yeah, my teachers could have been a bit more understanding to my situation, but um, it didn't matter because at that point I decided like, I'm going to go play college basketball. This is what I want to do. I'm going to, you know, wear my last name proudly. Um, I'm going to make my dad proud. So I did that. I dedicated myself to my academics and I dedicated myself to basketball and nothing else really mattered. And fortunately, uh, by my senior season, I had an offer from Seattle U. And once I got here, I was just shocked. Like, I'm so blessed to have the coaches that I have that took a chance on me, despite, um, you know, my grades, they've listened to my entire story because a lot of other schools that I were, was talking to just dropped me because um, because of my situation. But Seattle U was, they heard, heard me out. They heard my whole story. And that's why I also feel like a big dedication to this program because they really took a risk on me. This is Kelvin. Um, I usually ask uh, athletes that come on uh, the show, the same question, usually at first. What was that? <clears throat> aha moment that said okay yeah I really can do this but I can't I can I, not not just that I can play basketball but I'm good enough to make it at a division one level 
was it a game was it what 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 was that moment like when you said okay yeah i can really do this um honestly i think it was a game my junior year summer league um so the summer before my junior year started and at the end of the game my high school coach was just like wow you're passing and your shooting have improved so much over this summer like your passing is like college level your your vision's great and all this and I was like college level you say and it just kind of all clicked and I was like okay so maybe I can do this (laughs) (laughs) cool cool yeah so um as you kind of first got to college you, you, you spoke about having uh, did you tear your ACL twice or you tore it once? I tore it twice. Oh my goodness. The same one? Same one. So what, how did you motivate yourself to come back and, and still be at the competing level you're competing now? Yeah. So the first year was extremely difficult and I went through a lot of ups and downs um, with my mental and just with my physical strength and everything. Um, The motivation came from like everything really, like having the mental ups and downs made me realize how important basketball is to like my mental health, (laughs) which is scary and like really good at the same time because obviously one day I'm gonna have to stop playing basketball. No no matter how hard I don't wanna accept that, but it is what it is. Um, But I think also um, being around my team, they were so supportive and they really believed in me so deeply. Like they saw dedication and perseverance and resilience in me that I didn't even necessarily see, but they always always had my back. They always kept my head right. Um, I always had someone to talk to when I had my worst days. Uh, my athletic trainer also was super helpful uh, when I would come into rehab having a tough day. And, you know, it's just one day at a time. And every day I'm getting closer to my goal of being back on the court. So I think that long-term vision definitely helped. The second time around was way easier, surprisingly. Um, when it very first happened, I was super upset. And I was like, this is it. I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. And then probably about two days later, I was like, okay, yeah, that's not true. Um, And uh, about a month after I tore my ACL, everything with COVID started. And that honestly made things easier because I didn't have to, you know, watch my team play basketball every day without me stand on the sidelines cheering them on. So being able to go home and be around my mom and my family really helped my mental too. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to go back just a little and I want you to tell us about your transition from playing on the high school level to now playing on a much tougher collegiate level. Like what changes did you have to make? Um, was it a mental shift that had to happen to transition um, into college? Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, yeah, so high school was pretty easy. <laughs> um, it 
it was like playing at the park. It was super chill. I could kind of get away with whatever because I just, it was kind of like I was going to play. Anyway, so I was allowed to make a lot of mistakes. So in college, I had to really transfer that mindset to like thinking more of like perfect games rather than just good games, you know, like, okay, I care about how many turnovers I have. I care about how many assists I'm getting. Like, just whereas in high school, I was just kind of like, all right, let's play. I'm going to score and we're going to win. And like, that was the baseline and that was it. <laughs> but in college, it's much more, it's so much more full um, of, okay, I got to make sure this person's touching the ball, especially as a point guard. So I'm like, I got to make sure this person's touching the ball. They're the ones with hot hands. Um, I got to, you know, take care of the ball a lot more. Um, all of that. It was definitely a major mental shift. Um, also, just because the pace of the game is way faster. You got to think a lot faster, be on your toes at all times. Uh, yeah, and that shift was kind of difficult for me um, at first coming from my league in high school where I was just kind of running circles and now I've got to like really be direct and intentional with the way that I play. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, it, it, as you grow, you mature. And as you mature, you learn different feats during mm -hmm. the game. I want to tell us about that season because that season, their freshman year where you led you helped lead the team to their first WAC championship. How did that happen? Bring us through that. Okay. <laughs> that season was absolutely amazing, first of all. Um, we had so many pieces. Um, an amazing player, Alexis Montgomery. Um, she's from Portland, and she... Uh, she was fantastic overall, super sound player. Um, she was a huge factor alongside another senior, Jacinta Beckley. Both of them went to play overseas after that season. Um, yeah, that season was great. We had great leadership between them and our other seniors and we were disciplined and it was a really great learning experience being able to get so far and go to the NCAA tournament. Um, and play a number one team, you know, <laughs> Oregon, like those are some memories that I'll literally hold on forever. And it also gave me so much, um, it also gave me so much uh, experience and wisdom for the following years. So I'm really happy that that was my freshman year and I could have these next three years to implement it into my game and find ways to become a leader in my own right. Kenzie, I love the, the passion. I can hear the passion um, that you have about the game. I, I really like that. I respect that. I'm a former Thank player myself. Um, so my question for you is a lot of times us as athletes, you know, we have certain mentalities that can be beneficial and sometimes it can hurt, harm us. What is your mindset as far as uh, when you attack basketball? Are you looking at just the season that you're playing right now? Are you working out for the future possibly, whether it's overseas, WNBA? What's your mentality when you're approaching just the game of basketball? Um, well, um, 
I hadn't thought much about overseas until this year. Um, so I feel that my approach has been game by game, focus on the opponent at hand and win. Like that's definitely the way that I look at every single game. Like, how are we going to win this? We're going to win this. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to definitely win this game, no matter what we got to do. And I feel with that approach, that's why <laughs> I'm the one who's always on the ground. Uh, <laughs> I take a lot of charges, um, steals, defense is kind of my thing uh, because I really am ready to risk it all <laughs> for the game. <laughs> I respect that. You, you sound like the type of player I would like to play with. <laughs> <laughs> Just to follow up with that, you know, a lot of times, um, sometimes us as athletes, we can lose sight of everything else around us. How do you balance your schoolwork and your academics and your in your career after that academically um so what you're trying to aspire as an athlete yeah okay um i think that the balance comes from knowing that basketball is not forever and that yeah i need other pathways and outlets in my life because one day it is going to come to an end and I need, I need to have something already in place for me for when that time comes rather than trying to figure something out last minute when it's all coming to an end. So yeah, and plus I just genuinely love to learn. I love my major, I love my school, I love learning here. So it's not hard to uh, put my mental to that side versus just in basketball. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. As a point guard preparing for a game, what is the mental processes you go through to prepare for the game? Um, well, let's see. I like to watch film before we play, uh, just to see my opponents, see who I think will be guarding people. Like we have this great um, shooter, um, Courtney Murphy on my team. And like before every game, I think of ways like, how am I gonna set her up to get her shots? Cause if she's open, she's gonna knock that shot down. So she's like my little go-to, she's my relief. When we need points, like I know if I can get Courtney an open look, she's gonna knock it down. So um, basically, yes. <laughs> um, Wait, me, she is, she is. And she's huge too. So it's like, just I just gotta get her a little bit of space. Um, I just, yeah, I think about the plays that I think are gonna work best against each team. Um, and yeah, I just think about valuing the ball, low turnover and stuff like that. Nice, I think that transition transitions into kind of what I was going to ask you as point guard what is your philosophy of the game what are some of the things you look to accomplish on the court and and um how do you get the players to their spots things like that mm -hmm. um my philosophy has changed a lot especially this year um Previous years, I've been much more 
like scoring minded, which did, it's crazy how I was more scoring minded before, but I score more now, but then it actually makes sense because as I look to set up my teammates more and more people are looking to guard me less, I guess. So I get a lot more open looks because I'm setting up my teammates and they don't know who to choose now. They don't know which person to guard. I want to congratulate you. You're 20 points against Oregon, the number one team. Um, and and you had three 20-point games in the last five games. So congratulations. Two. 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 One. one was 18. I'm sorry. 18. <laughs> and I want to congratulate you on that. Um, and my Thank question you. is this. Um, what is what direction how you feel about how did you how did your team deal with COVID this year we spoke to a couple of college coaches and um you know and a couple of uh, like Laura, Laura Harper and um, coach Ash and they've said that it's been kind of difficult so how have you been dealing with it and how have your team been dealing with it prior to coming up season and during the season okay yeah so it was it's been and it is um a difficult journey honestly um we have so many precautions in place. Um, at the start of, so back in July, when we all got onto campus, it was just small groups of five was all we could do on the court. And um, as we progressed into like stage two, then we would have full team workouts. Um, but that wasn't even until September-ish. Yeah, so it was a while. Um, and yeah, now we now we can be with each other on the court, but we still have really strict um, mandates such as like mask twenty four seven anytime that we are outside of our dorms, like our our, our rooms in general. Um, teammates aren't allowed to go in between rooms. Like you stay with your room, and that's what you get to do. Um, no fans, that's difficult, but I've kind of adjusted to that now, not having fans. Um, I think though that my coaches and my team are doing really good of, you know, taking everything on the fly with this being a new situation that no one's dealt with a pandemic before. So like, I think we do really good at just taking it for what it is and, knowing that we're blessed to be playing basketball regardless of the steps and precautions that we have to go through. Yeah, no, I, I understand it's, it's hard to play with uh, no fans. Um, but yeah, I, I can see, I can see that you are managing well in the midst of all this stuff and you still seem like you're having a, a great, great season. Um, so the one question that I, we're all just dying to know, if you played Phil Janice in basketball, would you beat him? Yes, as I already have. <laughs> Kizzy, That's what it we took, Kizzy, it took your whole family to take me down. Kizzy, it took your whole family, your uncle, your whole family to take me down. So don't make it seem that it was just you alone. Your whole family will take one little me. So, <laughs> Pissy, I do have to admit, when I saw her come down, she came down, her uncle lives now in North Carolina. When she was on the court, she get all was government information. Get all of her government information. Oh, the dress as well. <laughs> <laughs> she is a dynamic player. I have to give her that. She had she made one of the guys in our church fall on the floor who remained nameless. 
Philip Janice. No, it was <laughs> right. not. It was not Philip Janice. Philip Janice watched and laughed. It was not Philip Janice. So, Kizzy, please verify. Let's shame the devil. All right. He's right. I didn't make him fall. <laughs> Thank you. But, but he did did take his team down. That's just the way the cookie crumbled. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So whenever we have a, a, a athlete on the show, we just always ask this question. Is this a part of the show? But who is your favorite basketball player? Me. <laughs> That's a great answer. I love it. Wow. <laughs> oh, it, all right. um, Besides you, yeah, who's the GOAT? Seriously, I love me some Kyrie Irving. Even though in the past few years, he has been getting on my nerves, but I still love the kid. I still love the kid. Derrick Rose is a close second, too. She love her point guard. She love her point yeah. guard. No bias there. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the GOAT, Kobe, of course. Wow, that's a first. That's a first. Wait, wait, wait. Col wait. So is Kobe that. just the GOAT for you, like in your personal Kobe understanding is, or across is, the board? Oh. Okay. And everybody know you guys and everybody else probably wants to say LeBron. Oh but, no. Okay, good, good, good. No, no, we are we are Z. We yes, you, you're from the era of good basketball. It's Michael Jordan. <laughs> of course. I want to see Michael Jordan play in 2020 and then we can have this conversation. <laughs> it'd, be too, it'd be too easy for him, Mackenzie, believe me. Yeah. The rules are slanted right now for, for okay. scores. <laughs> James Harden can get 37. Imagine what MJ could do. <laughs> oh, we'd have to see. I'd have to see it. It's the only way. But but Kobe is a good choice. Kobe is a good choice. Like he has always been in the top three for me anyway. Exactly. So, yeah. Same. And he's been unfairly like leapfrogged by LeBron, in my opinion. I mean, not saying you can't make an argument for LeBron being better than Kobe, but Kobe being Bryant was a straight up killer. Mm -hmm. Okay. I agree. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, we don't give him enough credit or homage. Literally like Evan said, I always would believe Kobe is before LeBron does this point in his career. So that's just my opinion. But I me, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Sorry. Kobe, Kobe is wow. a carbon copy. He's a clone of the GOAT. So if, if if Kobe's that dude, then Michael Jordan has to be that dude because that's all Kobe used to watch was MJ tapes. Yeah. This came first. If MJ came after Kobe, this would be a different conversation. There would be no Kobe. Right, I was about to say. <laughs> oh, oh no, Kobe would still be Kobe. <laughs> when you go to universities and you look at the Hall of Fame, you see people's names from like 1960s through the 1990s. But that's because the people who play from the 90s to the 20s now, they haven't had time for their essence to really resonate and for people to recognize the players that they are that's why they're not hall of famers yet but 20 years from now we're gonna forget all about michael jordan to be honest ladies and gentlemen exhibit a of generation z yes you're right probably not because he's the og but like people will come to more of an understanding that like 
okay, there have been amazing players as good, if not better, than Michael Jordan. Mm. This is facts. <laughs> because because you're the guest, and, and I like I like you so much and your passion. I'm gonna let this slide today. Right. Definitely. Just because it's you, Mackenzie, I'm gonna let this slide. <laughs> Thank you. I can see that um, I wasn't really resonating with you guys. <laughs> um, Mackenzie, before you go, um, are you on social media? Do you have um, any handles where our listeners can follow you? Yeah. Um, my Instagram and my Twitter is Kenzie Williams with an underscore at the end. Okay. And um, can you spell Kenzie just so we make sure we're Z-I. All right. So that's Kenzie Williams underscore and that's on Instagram and Twitter. Correct. Thank you so much, Mackenzie, for coming on the show. We really enjoyed having you. Um, talking about a little bit of your history and your passion for basketball. Um, you are an inspiration, whether you know it or not, um, to the young women who are listening that may have aspirations um, into playing basketball um, on the high school level and even on the collegiate level. So we thank you. Thank you guys again for having me. Thank you guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time. <laughs>